You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Welcome to Your Queer Story. Paul's sipping his wine like he's a mad villainous. The podcast that inspired peace, peace, love, <laughs> and radicalism. I don't... Listen, I've had half a glass of wine in the last hour, and uh-huh. I am shit faced, and I have no idea why. I, I think it's might be I'm might be because of my anxiety medication. Mm, good, this is great. Um, I love this. So, if you mix anxiety medication and wine, you feel insane, but it's a good feeling. And what's really good is if you do that while you're on lockdown at home and you can't go anywhere, just mix all those meds and alcohol together. Samantha waits to do all of her vacuuming until we had like the recording. Fifteen minutes in between. This is and... why we have to keep bringing her back on the show, just so that she won't be vacuuming during it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I hope you enjoyed our last couple episodes on the insanity that was Tiger King. Yes. That um, basically saved the world during coronavirus, which is probably still happening at this point. Evan it's and I, definitely happening. This is we're we're film we're recording this early, but everything is shut down at least until the end of April. Yes. So we so, recorded as much content as we could. Um today's date is April fourth. This is coming to you I don't know when. Probably I mean at earliest April eighteenth, maybe April twenty second. Second. Um fifteenth, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> We are trying to work with uh, the quarantine. We needed to produce content so that way we could actually follow the rules because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, the rules are what, five plus people, or five yeah. or more, like you're not allowed, so technically we're not breaking the rules. However, social distancing, we're supposed to like, you know, stay home and exactly. we're just trying to be good people. We're trying to be good people and also produce content. So that's that's it, just, yeah. Um, but, wow, have you tried to do any kind of like multi-face timing or games with people um well i i've recently started playing a minecraft recreation of a game called runescape which i played basically from the time i was how old are you in sixth grade i was nine in third grade Uh, 11 i guess that doesn't sound sixth grade i was 14 when i was in ninth grade so minus three i was 14 you're right 11 so yeah from the time i was 11 (laughs) till the time i was 22 this was like a game i was like dedicated to all right and they recreated it in minecraft so Mm -hmm. i've been playing that and uh, i've been having a lot of fun talking to people i don't know where that was going but i because i I was asking you how you're doing yeah have you done any face so i play a lot of mmos which stands for massively multiplayer online games okay um and I talk to people on there. So, I mean, that's kind of what I've done my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, even as a child, I met one of my good friends at the age of 12 who lives in London and that I'm yeah. still friends with today. I've always had communication. And to me, that for me was good socializing, which is probably why I don't have good social skills today. And I'm so awkward in like an actual <laughs> crowd of like legitimate people. Yeah. Because um, most of my interactions are online with people. So I always am in communication with other people. 
uh, which is probably why this quarantine isn't driving me crazy. Yeah, I'm wondering um, how like like online gamers, especially, but just as people online, we're fine. Gamers are like they're like nothing changed for us, right? We're like <laughs> I still got my Mountain Dew, my Dominoes, and my game. I just get to do it for like double the time now. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So I think that along with the fact that I've been battling with anxiety and stuff for the last year, um, this for me has been an incredible experience just because I get to. I don't know. I get to really process my emotions and it's helping. I actually have been doing uh, phone calls with my therapist, which has been nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's a little, I, I only have done it once as of this recording mm-hmm. and it was a little uncomfortable Yeah, because when I'm in that environment of the, like I'm at her house cause she does it in her house. Yeah. Being away from everything, like mm. being in that environment, it's quiet. It's a change of setting. Like, cause when I do it at home on the phone, David's still in the house Yeah. and not that I'm ever talking about David, but being extremely vulnerable to another person, like it's weird with your significant other in the house. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, Samantha and I have done therapy with our couples therapist, Mm -hmm. which was fine because we were together, but I have not yet tried to set up therapy with my therapist, which I'm going to have to do soon. I'm going to have to like do therapy and more like online AA meetings, which I'm hearing those are getting trolled and there's like issues with that. But that's why I think you might just have to do it with like, you know, people, (laughs) you know, and just do like a specific, like Skype call or something. I'm, I mean like I'm four and a half years sober and I do good, but definitely it's hard. Thank you. But it's hard like being bored and at home and like try not to be like, I'm an introvert, so I love being home, but just you just get frustrated the fact that you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I saw something where they're like, it's like introverts when they, you know, don't, when uh, they can go anywhere they want, just sitting at home. And then introverts when they can't go anywhere, they're like going crazy. Yeah, that's the thing because yeah. I saw something that was even like um, people who haven't exercised in the last four years. And it was just like the uh, picture of basically like the Boston Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's true because like, when you have the opportunity to do a million things and you can choose not to do something, it's like, yeah, I made this decision. I'm going to sit at home. But when you're like, I literally can't leave my house, it's like, it's almost a little scary. It is. It, like, it starts to really get to you and you wonder, mm-hmm. like, like, you start to go a little crazy. Like, okay, now, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's, uh, let's, I don't know. <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, so we'll all just be uh, crazy by the end of this. As you can tell, we're like spiraling out of control. And we're it's already only, doing our Carol Baskin We still have life. at least 26 <laughs> days of this at the minimum. At the minimum. And I've heard it could go until September. So right. hopefully I get more Trump checks. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. Or else, you know what? We do leave our house and we riot in the streets. And then everybody dies. So by the end of this, definitely we're going to be forming a riot. Yes. <laughs> um, because that's what's going to happen. What is it going to say? Um... Oh, shit. It was something about, oh, yeah, how Pride got canceled already in Rhode Island. I'm sure it's going to be everybody else is yeah, going to be following which... suit. <sighs> yeah, that's. I already had to cancel my vacation, which yeah. I actually was as the time, like today when we were recording, I was supposed to be on a flight to Costa Rica. Yeah. Now Pride's canceled. <laughs> I, f- I feel bad for there's a lot of people that like had their dream vacation planned for this year and now they can't. I had can't. a 10 day vacation in Costa Rica where we literally rented a house in the jungle. Oh shit. And I'm here. And he's here <laughs> drinking cheap wine and eating butter cookies. So. But you know what? At the end of the day, we're going to get refunded all that money and we're getting a Trump check. I still have a job. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. So I'm not going to be hurting. 
and I can reschedule an even better vacation. Yeah. I'm really worried. Um, I would say this to, as a word of caution to people, um, just as someone who knows history, <clears throat> we already have over 10 million people that have filed for an un- unemployment. Um, we have over far over a million um, cases worldwide, and the death toll just like staggering uh, is rising. So I'm going to tell you from when we had our last Great Depression in 1929, you need to, I'm not telling you to take a run on the bank. I'm just telling you to start saving some money at home. Like take some money out of your bank account and put it at home. But if you do that, is the dollar even going to be worth anything if it's out of your bank? I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not telling, if people do a run on the bank, that's when everything really crashes. But what I worry about is if everything crashes and you have no way to barter or trade. Like, what is your plan there if you have no money? Because what happens if if everything crashes, you have no money to take out of the bank. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that, well, yeah, I mean, the only differences I think compared to the Great Depression is how everything is virtual right now. I really yeah. don't see the internet going down, and the internet is how all transactions are processed yeah. today. If you, I mean, I, I could be foolish in this just because I have complete trust in the internet. Yeah, is the internet foolproof? Who knows? I'm Evan. Could be correct. I could be correct. I don't know. It's, only time it's will tell. It is. Di- it's very different. And but even then, like money was still weighed in like gold bars. Like you I have know, some like, Bitcoin on the side. So fine. Invest in Bitcoin. Just be don't invest careful. in Bitcoin today. But <laughs> I have some. If shit gets fan, maybe Bitcoin will be worth something. Who I just knows? think you should make some like plans. Like don't like if your plan is to get the Trump check and and buy something stupid. Don't do that. Please don't do my that. My plan with the Trump check is to save it for my wedding. There you go. At least I'll have the money to save. My plan is to save money and to be prepared. And then the line of people at the gun store down my street tells me that shit can get real, real quick. So I'm just, I, and just knowing the great depression, like what's going to happen is we're going to see the economy crash and for a little while it's going to be okay. And then six months from now, it's going to really start to hit people. As long as the values of houses don't go down, like what happened in like 2008. That's gonna. That's like the first thing that goes well, down, it's time Paul. Time to sell my house then. <laughs> you can't sell your house. Nobody can buy a house right now. You're that's stuck. True. L- lock it down, and be careful and be smart. Don't re- react and plan your plan now, so you're not reacting in a panic in another month or two from now. It's not scare tactics. That's just like let's be practical. Let's come from this from a practical angle so that we're not all caught off guard and. You know, and this is the difference of somebody who grew up in the age of Armageddon versus somebody who <laughs> grew up non-religious. Also, if you find any toilet paper, get toilet paper, or just get a fucking bidet. Whatever. Let me tell you, the bidet is great. You can just no, rinse you, your asshole, and there you go. You're good. If you have a vagina, you need to be able to okay, at least that, pat that that's down. That's fair. As a gay man, I don't. I have no yeah uh, experience as the opposite <laughs> sex, but. For a gay man, the bidet is fine. Yeah, bidets are good. I think that could definitely save you a lot of toilet paper. Have you heard the story about the bidet and David and coast and Puerto Rico? (laughs) No. So we rented this mansion in Puerto Rico, which we could not afford as just David and I. It was like twenty of us, right? His whole family in this mansion. So we split it, and it was a reasonable price. Yeah. And the bathroom had a bidet in it, and he was so excited because that was before we ever had a bidet. Mm -hmm. And he like leaned over it, and he turned the little knob, Mm -hmm. and that motherfucker was so powerful, 
when I tell you it could have hit the ceiling, it could have oh, hit the Jesus. ceiling. He turned it and it sprayed all in his <laughs> mouth and in his nose. A random bidet in some mansion. <laughs> I hope that thing was cleaned before we rented it. Who knows? Wow. Well, he's still here, so he's still that's here. okay. But, I mean, it was hilarious. It was a great set. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should get kind of on topic where it's going to be a mini-sode today. Maybe. Um, if we don't, if we stop talking. Yeah. Who never knows? Um, so make sure though, that if you can review the podcast, subscribe and download it while you're listening around your house or wherever, um, running, if you're out running, if they're still letting us run in the streets, um, download, review the podcast also, um, join us on Patreon Mm -hmm. for as little as $3. You get, I'm just going to put this over there. For as little as $3, you get access to our exclusive, almost weekly series called Behind the Queens, where we discuss whatever the fuck we want to because nobody wants to give us suggestions. Um, <laughs> He's not bitter about it. Um, but yeah, it's actually pretty great. We dove into our pasts, and a lot of people seem to like it. Um, Evan also does a bi-weekly series, uh, Coffee with Evan, where he discusses various topics. And an interview series is coming, as we've promising for a year. Actually, our first interview is going to be me and Paul, because I'm going to, for our next Behind the Queen slash first interview, is going to be me calling Paul on FaceTime, seeing if I can record it, and then you guys get whatever comes from that video. So good luck. So there you good luck. So, um, but all of that exclusive content for our Patreons, and we really do appreciate you guys, and thank you so much for continuing to support us and allowing us to help others. Without you, this podcast may not exist today because exactly. you have funded our maintenance, our hosting expenses, um, and all of the various things that we've delved into. Things that we've donated to. Exactly. Um, Without you, we would not be here. Exactly. We've been able to give back. We've been able to start the mentorship program, which is okay right now, but not much. But again, like if you need help, especially right now, if you're on lockdown with an unsupportive family and you're in a very conservative environment, reach out to us, email us at uh, g yourqueerstory at gmail.com. If you want to do that, you can reach out to us on any of our social media sites, or you can reach out to us directly. You can reach me at EB and J sandwich on either Twitter or uh, Instagram or, and you can reach me literally anywhere at the Paul Hobbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're worried about someone, how seeing, did you even do I that? don't know how I did that. I just splashed water in my face from so, a cup or from a, it, I don't know, Paul. I I've never seen anything like that before in my well, entire I'm life. Well, I'm sorry. Anyways, my point was, if you're worried about someone seeing you messaging a queer website, you can reach out to us directly. Yeah, and, and then we, we both can... go by just our names. Nobody, I mean, if you load our profile, you'll know we're queer. But like, you know, yeah. nobody would be co- concerned if they just saw, oh, you're on Twitter messaging somebody. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and then we can put you in touch with a mentor who has been trained to be very subtle and careful mm-hmm. and not get you outed. But I know it can be very hard while you're on lockdown with unsupported family. I know a lot of LGBTQ people are going just nuts right now trying to keep it all together. So, but for all of our teachers and educators out there trying to beef up your programs for the rest of this year or for next year, whatever you're doing, if you're still being able to teach sex ed. Mm -hmm. Or for anybody who just wants to understand how to have a conversation with somebody in regards to LGBTQ sex. Exactly. So we're getting you tips on how to, um, yeah, how to to teach, uh, how to make your sex education LGBTQ friendly. 
So um, one of the biggest things that I see when in sex education, I know this because I've had to start working on sex education for school for um, our schools in Rhode Island. And uh, one of the big things is that people do not use gender neutral terms or they don't understand that not all bodies look the same. Right. Yeah. And that's a very fair point. Everybody is different. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anybody who has, so like you're teaching... Sex, and it's also obviously in a very um, gendered way as well. So, you know, it's always presented as a guy and the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's always, pre- or and then there'll, there'll be like one little line, or or if you're two guys, but then it doesn't really talk about gay sex, so called. Right. Um, another thing is that it's often like, you're not thinking about the fact that first of all, there are some men that have vaginas. So you're not thinking about transgender men. You're not thinking about there's some women that have penises Mm -hmm. and there are some people that have ambiguous genitals. So genitals look different. Every genital is different with sex. I mean, I, in school up until like my last year of high school, I was taught abstinence, which really hindered me in ways and probably put me in danger in ways that could have been avoided yeah um sex is different from person to person and it's never going to be the same from Mm -hmm. person to person and it should be taught that there is a variety and there's i mean there's everything different and Mm -hmm. by teaching just very strictly males have this females have this you're limiting people's knowledge you're limiting their exposure and you're limiting their experiences in life Mm -hmm. um as well as hurting various communities because they're not getting the education and tools that they need to properly protect themselves and to enjoy sex and exactly. to, to do what they need to do and to understand what they need to do or even how to pleasure themselves. Like, yeah, that's something that's important. Exactly. Yeah. They're not being taught. Like you said, they're not being taught safe sex because they're only being taught one sex. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, I don't have that sex. Is there something wrong with me? Am I weird? What right. is this? Um, like a side note that has to do with this, my sister, because my nephew just started kindergarten and my sister was like, she sent me this note and she's like, yeah, mom always said that in kindergarten, they start teaching kids about anal sex. And I just got this message from my school. That's like, we do not talk about any kind of sexual re, um, reproduction until fifth grade. We do not talk about like they listed all the things that Mm. they do not talk about, which is like obvious. They're not teaching five-year-olds how to have anal sex. But in my church and growing up, they taught us that like they flat out like there was a sermon that our, our original leader, Jack Hiles, taught where he said that high schoolers get naked and they walk around and they fill each other. And that's part of their sex education. Is that what you want your kids going to go um, into? And like they would talk about the graphic imagery that they would show children of this very hardcore like porn, basically, that they were tell- showing little kids. Which isn't true, so it's, it all goes back to that fear mongering. Yeah, so if you're grown, uh, if you were raised in a conservative environment and you never went to a public school, I promise you, no one is going to teach your child about. I was literally. I mean, I don't know how education is today, but mm-hmm. up until like my senior year of high school, I was taught abstinence, and then I had like yeah. a health class in my uh, senior year that basically was very general. You know, like mm-hmm. we're gonna cover in the script, like male and female and if you have any questions feel free to ask these questions but there was no like there was no lgbtq information it was very like male female reproduction and penetration but very like only vaginal penetration there was nothing yeah other than like basically straight missionary sex. Exactly. And I think that any, even in the LGBTQ community, which we'll get to uh, soon, like people still think that there is only 
Right, um, gay or lesbian. Gay or lesbian. Like, there's penetration, it's sex. And if it's not penetration, then it's not sex. Right. But people are having all so many different kinds of sex, and it's not penetration. Mm-hmm. But there's assumed... Um, there's just so much like I talked to several weeks ago because we addressed this email that we got and I'm only bringing it up again because this person has emailed several times since then. They've repeatedly said, I want you to tell this story, how it happened. And I'm I, it's hard because I'm not trying to like give in to someone trying to pressure me to tell us how we should talk on our our um our website or not our website on our podcasts, but I also want to, um, address this issue. So anyway, so this all started because a person emailed me and said that they were, they, um, they had an experience with a transgender person. They were a trans woman reached out to this girl. This girl identified as a lesbian. She's cisgender, a trans woman reached out somehow in the exchange. The trans woman wanted to date the cisgender woman. The woman said no, because she didn't want to date someone with a penis. And the trans woman, according to the cisgender woman, the trans woman like kind of went off and said, well, you're transphobic, which I think is an abuse of power. And we talked about that. Well, not abuse of power, but that's an abusive way to use the term transphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I tried to go into the whole point of like, sex is so fluid and people have different kinds of sex. And that point wasn't getting across because the, in this cisgender woman's mind, this trans woman was going to force her to have sex with a penis. And the cisgender woman did not want to have sex with a penis. And in her mind, her concerns were going to be completely ignored by this trans woman and her her um, ideas of sex were going to be overridden. And I don't know the trans woman, but what essentially was being told to me is that I was supposed to tell people that trans folks should never force a person to have sex they don't want to have, which I think is a fucking obvious thing. That's right. No person should ever <laughs> force. I don't care if you're trans or cisgender. I don't care if you're male or female or anywhere on the spectrum in between. You shouldn't be forcing someone to have sex they don't want to have sex. Right. But what I wasn't going to do was get up and be like, trans people are predatory and you got to stop that because I don't think which, trans... I was spying on the email chain and I kind of, chain mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like that's where... What that's this basically was what wanting. I was being asked to do. I was being asked to tell people that trans folks are predatory and they're trying to force you to have sex. You don't want to have sex. And that's bullshit. And I'm ready for the next email. I listened to your recent episode and you said this. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the next email has come because I stopped the exchange because I like tried several times to have a conversation and eventually it became clear that I was supposed to say that p- trans, but trans people aren't predatory. People are predatory. Right. There are people that are predatory and it's not about the genitals they have and it's not about who they are. Obviously, Obviously, if you don't want to have sex with someone who has a penis, that's, that's fine. That's, that's totally yep. okay. I also think that you shouldn't assume that someone who has a penis wants to put their penis inside you. Right. That's also wrong. And that's also harmful. That is also a stereotype because there's plenty of people with a penis that don't want to stick it inside someone. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people with a vagina that don't want something inside of them. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's what I mean though. So, but we, when we teaching, when we're teaching sex ed, so don't get up and talk about that in sex ed. But when you're teaching sex ed, if you constantly present it as it's about penetration between the a penis male and a vagina, the penis into the woman yeah, and they have sex. So then That's, everybody else who's having sex different ways is what, what are is you that? doing? Exactly. Stop teaching that it's only penetration. Stop teaching. Like you've got to teach the different area. You've got to teach anal, oral, um, penetration, vaginal. And you got to also teach, um, you know, like there's, there's, um, the toys that people use. Toys, masturbation. Um, there's so many varieties and yeah. they also don't teach, which I think teaching any sort of BDSM in high school would be um, that would strange, yeah. but maybe 
I don't know, there's a side of your throat that you're not supposed to press. Like, there's certain things yeah. that you should, safety precautions. If you're going to choke somebody, don't hold them on the left side. I don't know what side exactly. it is. Exactly. Where, but you're gonna where you, you hold them up near, like, you don't want to hold them uh, lower. You want to hold them a little consent, higher. And consent, like, you know, if you're going to be doing these things, have a safe word. Just very different precautions that could be taught that you don't have to go into detail with. Right. You can just present them as information. And, and you teach... Mm-hmm. Nothing like that's taught. No, you teach kids that it's okay. It's okay to like choking and sex, provided mm-hmm. that both people have talked about it and agreed. And then it's not something that you're just doing in the moment because you want to get off. And you teach, you don't press against their windpipe. You teach that if you're going to play with toys that maybe like like a flogger or something, that you, the proper places that you should hit. And again, I know that there can be problems teaching BDSM in school. I get that. But my point is that like alluding at least that there's other kinds of right. sex and it's not just about... You know, the penis going in the vagina. Man and woman. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so making sure you include gay sex when teaching, like we said, gay sex, whatever. Um, no, people don't talk about anal sex. They don't they talk don't, about how never. to clean. Um, so Yeah. So douching and hygiene for anal sex should be taught. Um, I do understand that douching can be uh, damaging to your body because... Um, I don't know. I'm going to be very honest and say I don't know the reasons because I was never taught. But um, it can be damaging because it can mess with your bacteria and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But certain people who have stomach issues might have to do that. Um, And I think just even, I mean, I know the the high schoolers are going to laugh during that lecture. But I mean... That as a high schooler, for me, I probably would have laughed too along with it, but I also would have been taking that information in. Now, you've seen the same thing for um, for anal douching because I've seen for vaginal douching, it can be hard, but I've yeah, seen I've heard, heard that it can like mess your bacteria for, up and oh, okay, it, can so be, same thing. Right. it can be harmful and it, it probably is harmful. But as a gay man, if you have a bad stomach and you want to get fucked, you're gonna have to do it unless you want to have shit everywhere, and not everybody wants to have shit everywhere. So then have cleaning and you know, teach them how to do even teach just to be kids are gonna laugh, right? They're gonna laugh on any yeah. part of the sex education, and I can understand, especially in the southern states and things like that where maybe you're hesitant to teach things like that but i would have enjoyed i would have very much appreciated that in high school because it would have helped me i wouldn't have had to go home and look for it in secret and try to figure out okay well well why and these porn is everything all clean but sometimes when you know sex is happening things aren't always clean why why you know like and talk about that talk about how anal sex is not always clean talk Mm -hmm. about how things happen and that's part of it and it's Mm -hmm. okay and that's natural so that they're not completely blown away and embarrassed when something happens exactly exactly that's what i mean like kids are going to have these things and they're going to figure it out it's just whether or not they're prepared for it Mm -hmm. and whether or not they um you know they're being safe and they can handle it properly you know, make sure you talk about the importance of lube. I think that's really underrated yes, how important because lube is. Especially uh, for safe sex, if you're, even with condoms and everything, if you're not using lubricant, um, especially for anal sex, you get, I, I'm not sure about vaginal sex, I have absolutely mm-hmm. no idea, but you get, oh, yeah. uh, with anal sex, you can get micro tears, which uh, increases the spread of STDs and STIs. So lubricant prevents those and or helps minimize them, which can help prevent the spread of STDs and STIs. Yes. And I knew no, and especially for for in general, like lube is good. It makes a, um, vaginal sex better. Some mm-hmm. people get more wet than others, and that's okay. Um, but for trans men, especially if you're on testosterone, it's probably going to dry you up down there. And that's why um, if you like insertion, then you're going to want um, lube. Mm-hmm. There's also special. Um, 
uh, lubricants that you can buy for transgender men men now because it, it um, uh, pairs with your body better. But in general, you should lose lube. Even if you don't feel that dry, you probably are more dry. And again, more uh, chances at tearing and insertion. Right. Or tearing in while in there's insertion. And that also goes for fingernails. Okay, lesbians, are you listening up? So same thing. Use the lube on your fingers. You can still be too rough with those. Yeah, and uh, yeah. And uh, what? <laughs> Nothing. Yes. Um, and also safe sex around toys. Mm-hmm. There is special cleaner. If you are going to spend like 30 to like 100 and whatever dollars on a toy, mm-hmm. buy the $5 cleaner. Yeah. The last thing you want is to be playing with a toy and all of a sudden you have some kind of crazy infection inside of you and you have to go to the hospital. Yeah. I think $5 versus a hospital visit is a very worthy investment. Yes. Because toys go in places that aren't generally clean or that can carry bacteria or even just leaving them in a drawer somewhere. They collect bacteria. They collect dust. You want these things to be clean before they go inside of you. Yeah. And teach um, kids about toys. Like they can have different toys about dildos, about vibrators, about how much pleasure they um, they lend. Make sure you add that like women are going to get turned on or not women, I'm sorry, people with a vagina are going to get turned on in different ways and how the clitoris is stimulating because there's this thing where like men think that they should be able to provide all Mm -hmm. the pleasure. And that's so, it's so, I know that it's based out of ignorance, but it's also so arrogant because you get to have your whole dick inserted in something and get to feel the full pleasure. But if she wants a vibrator on her clit, suddenly you're not enough for her. Like fuck off with that. You are getting all the pleasure in the world and, and she's just trying to get the same pleasure you are or he or whoever has a clitoris is trying to get the same pleasure that you are. Mm -hmm. See, there we go. Like with gendered language, like how easy it is to be taught. And whenever we're teaching sex, so really making the effort to practice your presentation using Mm -hmm. they, them, um, pronouns when you're doing that but th- that person with the clitoris or vagina wants pleasure too so teach that it's normal to want to use a vibrator right you know what's the problem in that if the person's having more fun why is that a bad thing exactly sex should be about everybody this is not about one person dominating and controlling the relationship and if they are that's not healthy sex that's abuse if a person is not respecting your wishes that's not healthy sex if a person mm-hmm. wants it to be all about their pleasure that's not healthy sex mm-hmm. What is healthy sex? And we only can teach healthy sex when we're teaching about all sex. Right. And also prep should be um, taught and encouraged for anybody who's going to be having uh, sex that could lead to the spread of HIV. Um, do yeah. straight people take prep? I'm honestly not sure. I, it's men only been... It's been marketed to the gay community, but should straight yeah. people be taking it? I don't know. That's an, That's a good point. Teach we prep. don't know. Yeah, we know that there's prep. I mean, I think that anybody who's who's having sex with folks you don't know, I don't want to say strangers, but mm-hmm. if, if you are hooking up with someone that you don't know, if this is not a regular partner for you, or if you have multiple partners, you should probably be taking prep right. because HIV can spread to anyone, not just to the gay community. So, And that's the next point. Get yeah. tested regularly for HIV, regardless of the type of sex you're having, if you're yeah. having insertion, if you're having penetration, if you're having... Any type of sexual contact where you're spreading bodily fluids, you should be getting tested regularly for HIV. And Mm -hmm. that's something that should be uh, taught and potentially even provided at schools. There should be provided at schools. There should definitely be resources should be provided where people can get 
testing mm-hmm. for HIV. You can get rapid HIV testing and most cities now. You can get it from Walgreens, now, CVS. Yeah, you can buy the kit yourself if you need to. If you are a sex worker, you need to be getting tested at least once a month mm-hmm. minimum. Um, if you are having sex with more than like if you are having sex with more than one person in a month, then you need to get tested every month. If you have the same partner, I honestly would still suggest you get tested every six Just months. Just do it. Unless like like. Just because you don't know, like, I mean, if once you're settled down with someone, like I don't get tested anymore, I haven't been with anyone else in a while, but like, if you're just dating, you should still get tested right. uh, pretty fairly regularly because you just don't know. May, hopefully they're being honest, but they might not. You never know. know. You never know. All right. The next thing, know your orientations. This is going to be helpful when you're talking about sex. Make sure that you stress that not everybody wants to have sex mm-hmm. or that People may want to have sex, but they might not be as um, arousing or um, desirable for them. So asexual and aromantic people teach about that and ha- the dynamics of that. And teach what that, that looks it's like. an actual thing and not like, oh, if, like, yeah, not everybody wants to have sex. And if they don't, there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, exactly. People can make their own decisions and they're not weird. They're not wrong. They're not strange. And that's something that should be taught because in sexual education, that is never taught. No, it's not. I mean, at least ever. that I've ever seen. No, I don't, yeah, it's not. Asexuality is completely ignored. And then, and when you're talking about, we, we in one hand, we're trying to tell people how normal it is that they're having these sexual emotions, but it would, should also be that if you're not having sexual emotions, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that you will get developed later on and maybe you never Never will, and that's called asexuality. Maybe right. you'll have to distinguish between that and aromanticism. Maybe they'll be kind of demisexual. Like that's okay, but if you understand the orientations, then you can present that better to students or to people that you're teaching. Mm-hmm. And it should also be taught that bisexual and pansexual people exist, because mm-hmm. as we've talked, that I mean, maybe gay sex will be brought up, you know, as a very brief conversation, but straight sex is the main thing. But they're mm-hmm. never taught like, hey. If you like both, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you want to have sex with either, like, hey, go ahead for you. That's a real thing. Exactly. And then, of course, we know there's straight, gay, and lesbian. Like, those are usually the ways that things are taught, if anything is taught with any kind of hint of LGBTQ. But also that sexuality is fluid. And tell kids, if you evolve, that's okay. So, and if you have an experience, your identity is your own. So if you, you have You don't a, have to box yourself into something. Yeah. You are who you are. You identify how you identify. And- if you want, do whatever you want. Yeah. Enjoy your body. Enjoy the body of those who are consenting with you. Mm-hmm. Explore the possibility of whatever you want to explore. And that's perfectly normal. Yeah. Teaching kids to have like, if you have a so-called gay experience and that's the only experience you ever had, that's fine. And how you identify is still you. So if you had a gay experience and you identify as straight, then that's your straight. Right. Maybe and you tried it and you didn't like it. Okay. Yeah, you tried it. Like, like, but, but teaching kids that folks can have an experience, but their identity is their own and you can't put an identity or label on someone. That's important when you're talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to teach that there are people who are polysexual and understanding the difference. Like polysexual is not an asshole that cheats on everybody that they're dating. Right. That's not polygamy. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah. Polysexual is a person who just want, they, they experience love for multiple people and they want to build that kind of mm-hmm. life. So like and teaching the differences and teaching that's okay. But again, to be safe and healthy, if you're in a polysexual relationship, then you, sh- you have to be getting tested regularly. Absolutely. And everybody needs to be consenting and everybody mm-hmm. should be getting joy out of it. It shouldn't be that this person feels, um, angry or, you know, they feel like they're getting cheated on. If that's yeah. like the situation, then 
maybe that person themselves isn't polysexual and they may not be the par- be the partner for you. Exactly. Polysexual, as we've said many times, is not deciding that you're going to open your relationship with your partner when your partner doesn't want to open your relationship. Right. It's not reigniting the, the romance in your relationship. It's consent among all parties involved. Exactly. Polysexual, that is a, a sexual orientation. And again, too many people use that as like a bullshit abuse, mm-hmm. you know. And the last thing is be prepared for queer questions. You're going to get, I mean, you may not get them, but if they present themselves, mm-hmm. you should be able to answer them. Yeah. Um, I have been gay my whole life, <laughs> so I can't, I have no knowledge of what it would be like as a straight person being asked this question with never having experienced that. But you should have resources or you should be able to at least say, hey, I don't know. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Give me some time to look this up. Yeah. You should never shut that person down or make them feel uncomfortable. You need, you got to be up to date. You got to do your research. Don't be taking your stuff from the nineties or even the early two thousands. Our terminology, the LGBTQ community has evolved so rapidly, which is wonderful, but you got to be up to date on your terminology. If you're Mm going to be an educator in any way, whether you're educating other educators or you're educating young people, you have to be up to date on your terminology. You at least have to be able to direct them to a resource where they can get the answers. they need. And if you aren't, do not shut them down. Do not make them feel uncomfortable. At least say, I don't know. I will look this up and I will get back to you or I will find the answer for you because you deserve yeah. to have this answer. There's, Do not shut them down. <laughs> there, Yeah, there are so many terms out there. The last thing you want to do is laugh and be like, that's not a thing. And then you, it is a thing. Right. So, but just try to react without a reaction and be like, I'll get the answer for you. And then look it up because you may hear something that makes no sense to you. And as a sexual educator, why would you not want to know to better the education of people? Why would you want to shut somebody down and not as yourself learn so that way you can further educate people? That's the point of being an educator. Yeah. So I'm going to do a recap just because we've been all over the place. Make sure you're using gender neutral language. They, them, there's people with vaginas, people with penises and people who are intersex and have ambiguous genitals. Make sure you're talking about all the kinds of sex. Make sure you're talking about queer safe sex and know your orientations and your terminologies. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing to the person, again, uh, with the email, if you are even still listening to our podcast, um, this is not an attack. It's just uh, I've been messaged several times and asked to talk about this. And um, I just feel like this person wants me to... We just have a difference of opinion, but they won't let the situation go. And I don't know what else to do. So I've talked about the situation and I don't know what else to say after that. I feel like I'm being vague because, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they know I, who yeah, they are. They know who they are. I'm not trying to like throw you under the bus or attack you, but you did ask me to talk about this. And I'm not going to say that any particular group of people is predatory. I'm not going to put a warning out. I'm going to put a general warning to every person. Again, Consent, consent, consent. Consent is not just no means no. Consent is making sure that the other person is on board. So that matters. And they're matters. comfortable and they're ready and they want it. It's not like they're pressured mm-hmm. into it. They actually want it. Yeah, yeah. Forcing someone to say uh, yes or no or like waiting till you're halfway through. If you're halfway through and the person decides they want to stop, guess what? You got to fucking stop. Mm-hmm. If the person expresses any kind of, I don't think I want to do this, you don't do it. Right. Like that's how it works. Um, but yeah. Oh, and also watch um, Big Mouth on Netflix. That's oh, your recommended resource. And Sex Ed. And Sex Ed. Both of them are fantastic. Those are incredible. Netflix, binge watch it. Big Mouth and Sex Ed. Those are fantastic um, for sex education and they're funny. 
And yeah. Stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our little allied hookers. And a little succulent sapphist. And our proud homocrats. And have yourself a sodomy circus. Or don't. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.